It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Nick Verzellini and Colin McLaughlin. It's Wednesday, September 13th here on the Sports Mix. Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. We'll be joined here momentarily by the head coach of the Washington Patriots, Terry Ray. Of course, later in the show, it's Wyatt Wednesday, so we'll hear from Wyatt at 1230. In between that, we'll have our interview with Coach Craig Hunter of the Jefferson Cougars, and then we'll wrap up the show talking national sports, probably talk about the Orioles and uh, potentially some NFL news as well. Colin, how are you today? Doing all right. This show brought to you by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Field and Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Looking forward to today's show. Got a lot to talk to and a lot to talk about. Well, now welcome to the program, the head coach of the Washington Patriots, Terry Ray. Coach, how are you today? Good afternoon, guys. I'm doing well. And Coach, uh, your team coming off of that loss to Frankfurt, uh, obviously you knew it would be a tough game, one of the better double-A programs in the state. What were some things you guys took away from that game? Uh, we took away – we got to start eliminating mistakes. Uh, it's two weeks in a row that we've made uh, over seven to eight penalties in – well, I think we had five turnovers in that game, but our kids did fight. We we kept playing hard. Uh, young team, we're learning some stuff, and uh, we're just going to try to keep getting better each week. We've got to bounce back this week against John Marshall. Coach Ray, kind of just mentioned two things that I was going to ask. Do they go hand-in-hand, hand? and that's the mistakes that you've been seeing along with the youthfulness of your program. Yes, we have a couple of issues here and there. Uh, the penalties are really the, the backbreak with us. The turnovers, we knew, it, like I said in the beginning of the year, I've talked uh, several times in the last couple of weeks, we knew we were going to have turnovers. We knew we were going to have a little bit of issues and hiccups here on offense. Uh, we got a couple guys here and there that mess up routes, and our quarterback gets a little anxious and makes the wrong decision, but that's a learning process when you're a sophomore. When you have a young team, Coach, is there anything you're trying to do to maybe – simplify things this week to cut down on those mistakes or help them out in any other ways? Uh, we've, at practice, we're just going over the normal stuff. Uh, we are uh, haven't really put in a whole lot of new wrinkles. Uh, we've been trying to keep it basic, and so it's easier for the kids to read, especially our quarterback. Uh, our O-line has to pick up blocks a little bit better, and I think we'll be all right. The first season for you being the head coach of Washington, how has that learning process for these players really been over the past three weeks of the regular season? Uh, they're doing well. Uh, we sit down on films on Saturdays. Like last week, we had the hour delay. And we ended up home until almost like one thirty, two o'clock, but we still came back in. Everybody was here at 8 o'clock. We went into film study and broke down everything for the kids and went over the mistakes, and we've been working on that stuff this week, correcting it. Coach, as you mentioned, John Marshall this week. What are some things you've seen out of them, and what will be uh, the challenge this week for your team? Uh, John Marshall, they're tough. Uh, they have a pretty big offensive line. Offensively and defensively, they do a lot of different stuff. Uh, I think they run 12 different formations, and defensively they bring a lot of pressure. Uh, they blitz about every down. What's your team need to do, Coach Ray, to get the win against John Marshall this week? Uh, we're, we got to be able to travel well, uh, execute our game plan, 
try to limit the turnovers and penalties on the road, uh, and play tough defense. All right, any final thoughts, Coach? Nope. I hope everybody uh, tries to follow our game this Saturday or this Friday night at John Marshall. I uh, appreciate you guys talking to me today. Appreciate the time as well, and good luck against John Marshall. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you to Coach Terry Ray for joining us today on the Sports Mix. And Colin, um, you know, they have a young team, and we knew that going in to the season. They started off of a great win. Seemed like a mismatch, though, on paper in week one against Page County. And they've now ran into back-to-back losses. John Marshall appears to be potentially a winnable game, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be easy, obviously, going on the road. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, and you look at John Marshall. 0-3 record, so looking at just that alone, you think maybe it's a winnable game for Washington, but you also look at the strength of the schedule that John Marshall's had to play in Week 1. They had to play at University, and that was a 42-7 loss, so you could clearly tell University was the better team. And then Union Union Local, excuse me, out of Belmont, Ohio, that was a 32-25 loss at home for John Marshall. So a close game there. And then last week they had Bridgeport, and Bridgeport dominated them 172-24. So, yes, John Marshall's 0-3, but at the same time they've played some really tough competition teams that a lot of teams around, including Washington, might struggle with. It'd be very good games, and I don't know how Washington would do with that schedule, but we'll see how they can do against John Marshall, hoping for a win to see them go to 2-2 two and two and then get into conference play and see how far along the Patriots are in year one under Coach Ray. It's still going to be very tough for them the rest of this year. I don't know how many wins they have or possible wins they have left on the schedule. This one I'd say could be one, but from there maybe Hampshire and we'll see if they can knock off one of the five in the EPAC. Yeah, it feels like if you lose this game, that maybe, again, maybe Hampshire you can win. But other than that, you wouldn't have a ton of confidence for Washington at this point in the year knocking off any of the other EPAC teams. So it does feel like a must win in some ways to kind of keep your season alive. I think keep your spirits alive. If you fall to, you know, one and four, or I'm sorry, one and one and four or one and three. One and three if they lose yeah. this week. So one and three if you lose this week. Um, you know, you're not really super confident in this team because their one win was against a weaker opponent, and depending on the score, it may not look so great. So I think this is a winnable game for both teams. It should be pretty close on paper, it looks like. Um, and hopefully, you know, Washington can pull away, get a win, get to 2-2, two and two, and, and you're feeling pretty good. Then you're 2-2. Two and two. I mean, not necessarily the start they wanted, but overall you're, you're heading into Hedgesville, which you don't really know yet about Hedgesville because they haven't really beaten anybody that – uh, necessarily is known as an elite program. So they've beaten good programs at double A, but haven't beaten any big triple A teams yet. So you never know. I mean, that's been a winnable game for Washington the past two years. So it could be another winnable game this year. They had a big lead at halftime last year before letting Hedgesville back into it. So, yeah, I think that sets up a very intriguing matchup if they're two and two and Hedgesville's three and one. Uh, it could be, you know, a great game. So, 
Yeah, if you're just Washington, build week you just got to steal week. some games. Win this week against Sean Marshall, get the two and two, and then if you can find three more wins, get yourself to five and five. You might sneak into the playoffs. I'd be surprised if they can get anything past that. It's going to be tough just looking at the remainder of the schedule because it's all EPAC teams and then Hampshire as well in the middle of that. Yeah, and we know the EPAC's very tough, so. For year one for Coach Ray, just continue to make this team better. Even if they're not winning these games against some of the other EPAC teams, if they can show a little bit more competition. I know they're not going to look at it that way uh, because you know they never really – or schools never really want to have moral victories. But, um, you know, you never want to have those. But uh, from an outside perspective, if they can show some improvement throughout the rest of the season, then you got to feel good about this team. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do this week and then from there where things go. I can't roll the issue right now. Oh, no. See if maybe we can wait for the program to respond. If not, we apologize on the TV side of things while we go black for a little bit just so that we can restart our yeah, it seemed to be some sort system. of internet issue or maybe like VMAX was having an issue. It's not just internet, but we'll get back up here shortly for those on the tv and facebook side of things but while we do that this segment brought to you by parsons ford and martinsburg at 1400 shepherdstown road and online at parsonsford.com they became number one by making you number one first we'll set aside for a two minute break once nick has the system back up and running on the TV and Facebook side of things. Again, apologies for those that are tuned in there now trying to switch over to the radio, just having a technical issue right now for some reason, but we will try to get that figured out as quickly as we can. You're able to at least do the commercials first and then get the... Yeah, I don't think the stream's going to work. Okay, we'll reason. get that going here in a little bit. About you now. Now, back to the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to the sports mix. Um, unfortunately, we are having issues on connecting to our Facebook stream, as we mentioned before we went to break. So we'll only be available uh, for this, at least this segment, on uh, TV 10 and WRNR Radio. So, Colin, uh, let's hear from yesterday's interview with head coach Craig Hunter. Yeah, let's do that as we got to talk to him yesterday. And let me pull it up here, and here we go. Coach Craig Hunter of the Jefferson Cougars. We're now joined on the Sports Mix by the head coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter. Coach Hunter, congrats on the win Saturday against a very tough Spring Valley team. What would you like from your Cougars? Uh, you know, uh, what I like from our team is that we had a, uh, not, a, 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 not a typical first half. Um, first half was pretty bad for us. Um, you know, didn't go well. The kids battled back, came out the second half, had a turnover in the second half, and Still fought through the adversity to pull out pull out um, a big win. Coach, your team currently, as the first ratings came out, and obviously it's very early in the season, but your team 
ranked fourth in the state. Um, how do you feel like these first three games have prepared your team for the grind of what will be a tough EPAC schedule as well? Uh, well, you, well, the first game was an EPAC game. Um, so, you know, just playing that game and that game being tough and uh, pulling that one off, you know, going into overtime, three overtime, and then having to fight through the, a bad first half with Spring Valley. Um, you know, I think that we've, we've battled some adversity uh, early in the season, hopefully enough that if we see adversity later on in the season, it won't bother us. It won't, it won't rattle us at all. We can just break through and just keep playing the game. Coach Hunter, last week when we talked with you, you kind of left us with saying that you wanted to see your team finish the fight after the first two weeks of the season, and it seemed like in that second half that's exactly what they did, really pulling away from the Timberwolves of Spring Valley. Just talk about that explosion and how much of a relief it was to finally have that. Yeah, you know, just to get that breakthrough uh, offensively. If we needed that breakthrough offensively, hopefully we can keep that keep that rolling a little bit. You know, you figured two games in a row, we, we hadn't been able to get over 21 points. Um, we didn't score, you know, the to be able to offensively, that offensive surge um, pretty much, you know, was good to see. It was pretty good to see um, Saturday. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to play like that offensively and the defense can continue to do what they've been doing um, in the first three games of this season and possibly even get better at, at stopping people. Who have been uh, some standouts for you here in the early part of the season? Um, I would say, you know, typical standouts um, offensively would probably be, um, you know, Tayshawn Roper, um, you know, us trying to get Keyshawn the ball based on, you know, everybody's everybody's got eyes on him. Um, you know, uh, surprisingly, Jackson Rockwell has been a good receiver for us, catching deep balls, uh, scoring for us. Uh, Giving us balance in the running game with Tayshawn, is, is Rigo Delgado, um, you know those guys, and I think the old line has held up pretty well, um, considering all things that's been going on uh, with some changes up front. Defensively, um, you know you still got the, the same same guys that have been around. You know you got Nolan Melive, Jacobs, holding the Packers, um, and then you got Quentin Goings, who's just wreaking havoc at the D line position, um, which doesn't give people a lot of time. To actually get time to throw the ball in the secondary, which you still got Keyshawn, um, got Keyshawn, Tayshawn, and uh, Rockwell's back here, along with a guy by the name of Mar Wallace, who are, you know, those guys are just all doing great jobs back here for us. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people. I, I, you know, you leave some people out when you start naming people. That's why I hate when y'all ask me those questions. But I think, you know, as a whole, as a whole defensively, I think they've just been doing a collective unit. Um, each part is another intricate part of itself. So we try to tell them all the, all the time, you know, to work together. Um, and it all comes together as one machine. And you can see what, what happens when you when you do the right things. Um, same thing offensively. So, I mean, everybody's an intricate part of each other. Um, so, you know, I think they've all just been doing a great job. Coach, it kind of seemed like there at the end of the year answer that it might be the defense. But what's been the overall biggest surprise about your team in your mind? Um, I would say just the just the, the way they're they're able to try to battle through the adversities we've had this earlier in the year. You know, um, it, as you can see, if you watch the games, you can see um, with the with the new additions um, of losing certain people, um, trying to figure some things out. You know, 
everybody, I mean, like I said, everybody knows that, that Keyshawn's there, so eyes are on Keyshawn, whatever he goes, whatever he's doing, eyes are on him. So just, just figuring through and, and trying to trying to muddy through the waters of figuring out that, that other guy who's going to help pick up the mantle with Keyshawn offensively and run with him um, so we can so we can try to be um, an explosive offensive team throughout the season. Coach, a bye week for you guys this week. Uh, what is your strategy heading into the bye? How do you want practice to go uh, with the bye kind of uh, early I, in the year? I would say earlier this earlier in the week, uh, yesterday we watched film, uh, tried to clean up some stuff in the Spring Valley game, make sure we got everything taken care of. Um, today uh, we want to we want to try to get back to some basics um, of off the stuff we've seen in film the last three the last three games. Uh, go back, uh, work on some skill sets that we that we that we have been deficient in, and work on some skill sets that we know we're going to see. Work on some skill sets for the things that we know we're going to see in the next week uh, versus Martinsburg. So, trying to work on some things, get better within ourselves. Uh, today and then we'll move forward tomorrow and then tomorrow and Thursday and try to push more a little push more a little bit toward what Martinsburg may be doing, um, you know, and then get ready for them the following week altogether. Um, but you know, it's, you know, we don't have you know, unless we go on TV ten, we don't really they're not going to give us film anytime early, so we'd have to go on and do watch watch uh, the YouTube games to figure out a lot of stuff. Well, we appreciate you watching us, Coach. <laughs> yeah, you know somebody. You know we gotta 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 support. We appreciate that, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, thank you. I appreciate you. Of course, a uh, big um, game coming up for Jefferson, so gonna be tough going up against Martinsburg. We'll see if they can. Be more competitive than they've been the last few years, Kyle. Yeah, it's going to be tough. They have some extra time, though, to prepare. I feel like they always have their bye before Martinsburg. Bye week. Yeah, a good bit of teams, I believe, are doing that this year. I think Edgesville's doing the same. I'm not sure if Musselman or Spring Mills or anybody else is. But I think I'm correct, and I know that Hedgesville is. So... Looking forward to it, though. Uh, Looking forward to seeing how Jefferson is because we were... Pretty high on this team with the guys that they have. You still have a lot of talent, even though a lot of their, I guess, wide person, wide receivers, guys like Fritz, etc., from last year, no longer there. So, looking forward to seeing how they are this year. They had talent last year. They've had talent the past few years. Sitting at two and one now after a win, still think there's a good stretch. But can they compete with Martinsburg? Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. So that'll do it for this segment here of the Sports Mix, as this segment brought to you by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore, cabinets and design bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated. Visit them at 360 Hack Wilson Way or online at orsinis.com. Step aside for a two-minute break. On the other side of this break, it's time for Wyatt Wednesdays with Wyatt Pelicano of the Shepherd Rams. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Everybody's excited. Why Wednesdays is back. I mean, what a great day to be alive. Malachi Brown, he's got a good block from Wyatt Pelicano. Brown, a first down and more, and out of bounds inside the 20-yard line. Shepard with the well-executed swing pass. You never ordered Chipotle online either. Oh, no, you don't do that. That is a cardinal sin. You are asking to get ripped off. Wyatt Wednesday, it's a great day to be alive here on the Sports Mix. We're now joined on the show by Wyatt Pelicano, Shepard Rams offensive lineman. Wyatt, how are you today? I am absolutely fantastic. That's good to hear. Wasn't Uh, sure if you had anything else to say after that. Nah, nah, there's not really much more to say. You know, what's, what's understood doesn't need to be explained. It's Wednesday in Shepherdstown. It's my favorite day of the week. I'm sure it's your guys' too. I mean, if it's not your favorite the week, favorite day of the week, then what are you doing? You know, it's it's the middle of the week. It's our last work day on the field. We get to put the pads on one last time before game time. You know, so everybody's locked in. The preparation is real. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those one of those things, man. You know, it's Wednesday in Shepherdstown. Everybody's everybody's excited. Yeah, and speaking of putting the pads on, that was something that you got to do on Saturday was in the game for that win at Edinburgh after your injury kept you on the sideline in week one. Uh, Just talk about what it was like being back out there for you. Yeah, well, I mean, now that it's kind of over with, I I can, I'll I'll explain uh, like what it was. I had a, so the seventh day of camp, I I had a grade one, possible grade two sprain in my MCL, had to get the MRI and everything. Um, So it was, they said around three to four weeks, I was probably ready to go in like two and a half. Um, But yeah, I, I was finally back back on the field it felt great i felt like we we played a solid game you know there's obviously always room um but as a team i thought we we handled adversity once or twice uh and yeah i mean it was just it felt great to be out there moving bodies and setting edges once again Wyatt, uh in the game um we've talked about before with your injury you know curtis jefferson comes in he fills in plays the role for you uh, in the game, Josh Bell goes down. Josh Crummett has to come in and, and play the backup center role. And I think at one point, Lucas had to come off the field. Jefferson came in. Just talk about, I guess, the guys behind that starting five and how they progressed from you know the spring to now. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it before. You know, one thing we are in Shepherdstown is deep. You know, I feel like I say that every week on here, but it is the truth, you know, and, and uh, on the front lines, it is it is very much the case. That boy, Josh Crummett, dude's a banger from Oakdale, man. He's a young guy, but he can bang. That dude's been working his butt off all camp. Uh, I think he stepped up, and, and the plays that he had, he made the most of. And James fought through his uh, his injury. He came back, too, um, to help us out, but... I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's me, it doesn't matter if it's James, it doesn't matter if it's Chandler, Brandon Carr, Ty Lucas, we have dudes that can fill the roles, you know, and, and obviously, like, you want your you want your ones out there, you want your best guys out there, that's always what you want, but, I mean, we got dudes that are prepared to roll, and Curtis is definitely one of those guys I said before, that, dude's, that dude can bang. We got a lot of guys that are just really able to lock it down in the middle, and and it's and it is super super helpful. And to see a, a young guy like Josh Crummett go out there and uh, perform like he did, and not even just 
he, he even was able to make his calls the right way, which as a center is extremely, extremely important against a very, like, kind of ludicrous, all-over-the-place Edinburgh defense. So uh, he did a really great job of being composed and calm and collected while also bringing energy and force. Um, but, yeah, dude, those guys, those guys can play. All of those dudes can play up front. We, we, have, we have so many dudes that are ready to roll at a moment's notice. I mean, Curtis Jefferson is our Swiss Army knife. That dude can play pretty much anywhere on the O-line. If we needed to move, James could do anything on the O-line. I can do a whole bunch. Ty Lucas can do pretty much anything on the O-line. we got a lot of guys that can play pretty much anywhere. So that is extremely helpful to be that flexible at the position. I think it makes uh, Coach McCook's job a little easier. Certainly makes uh, Seth's life probably a lot easier. And, I mean, yeah, but those dudes, those dudes can bang. Wyatt, the first two weeks of the season, Shepherds had to go through some adversity. Very close games, a combined eight points in the deficit for a 2-0 and record now. Just talk a little bit about, through that adversity, what you guys have learned about yourselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of everybody. Uh, I mean, especially after the first game. I mean, people are people think that there's some blood in the water with us. You know, a lot of guys were, and you can see it on the rankings, man. We all see it. Like we're we're two and zero. Somehow we we drop in the polls or whatever. And I'm not really big on following it, um, but. I don't know. Everybody wants to play us as hard as they can. You know, we've been we've been running the show for a long time, and uh, we're the only West Virginia team that's in the PSAC. It's the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, and we're not from Pennsylvania. So nobody in, in conference, whether it's in the West or the East, is going to like us, and that's something that we're used to at this point. You know, so everybody from here on out, even if it's crossover or not, in, con- in the PSAC, those dudes are going to come out to play us. And we know that. Uh, everybody wants to take a shot at us, and I, rightfully so. You know, nobody wants to be beat by somebody that's not even from your state. So I get it. Um, but, I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to see adversity the rest of the season. In my eyes, a win is a win, inch or a mile. So, as long as the W's keep coming, I, I, there's not a whole lot to complain about. But obviously, like I said, there's always room to improve. And when we go back and watch the tape, we see the stuff. We're not comfortable with these close games. We want it. We want to put it. We want to put it on teams. We want to run up the score. Um, we got. We got to find the tools to win. And I mean, the gap is growing, right? And I and I really do. I believe that that Edinburgh team could have probably been a better team than the one we saw week one. So I think the improvements are there, but we got to keep climbing. Why you mentioned everybody in the PSAC coming after Shepard. Obviously, they know how good you guys have been since joining the conference. One thing I wanted to ask, now that you're in conference play and from an offensive line perspective, which D-line in the PSAC has given you guys or you personally the biggest issues? Not necessarily an individual player, but is there a D-line that just whenever you guys go up against them, you know it's going to be a battle. I mean, obviously all the teams in the PSAC are pretty quality teams, but is there one specifically that you just hate going up against because of how good their D-line is? Um, I try to We try to treat everybody the same, you know, but there's absolutely, I mean, obviously some dudes are going to be better than others. I will say this. Coming up this week with Cal, these guys are no joke, and they like to, they, they like to move, shift, stem a whole lot on their front. So um, that's always a challenge, and they got some dudes that can make plays. Uh, I think it, it is kind of interesting because in the PSAC you get, 
you get normally like one or two really good edge rushers on a team, maybe a solid nose. IUP obviously has some some big noses uh, typically, and they're they're probably the one that bring the most force. That'll that's normally the best D line we play all year. If I had to pick one, but I mean, yeah, like you guys said, man, there's there's threats all over the PSAC. There's no there's not a, there's not going to be easy games from from here on out. You know, it, 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 like I was saying before, everybody in the PSAC's out to get us, and they're going to play their best week when they see Shepard on the schedule. So, and we know that. Uh, but yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd say maybe IUP. But we really do try to look at everybody the same and, and not disrespect or give too much respect to anybody we go against. Wyatt, this week against California on the road, a team that was a very tough game last year, I believe one and due overtime, actually. You guys were able to get the win, if I'm not mistaken. And now you have to go to their place. They have revenge on their mind. What's practice been like this week for you guys? Because last week with the heat, you had to change some things around this week. The week is really cooled off temperature-wise. So what's it been like? Uh, yeah, everybody's excited. Uh, last last year uh, was Jacob Haney's hero game, you know. So he he saved us last year with a with a, with a late field goal that won the game for us. Um, the goal is to not to get into that kind of match with these dudes again, and try to keep it keep it uh, in our control, in our hands, control our own destiny. You never want to have to leave it up to one guy, and just you want we want to win this thing together. Um, and that's that's the the biggest goal I think for us going in, and that's kind of the, I think we we uh, practices have been we're we're competing, you know. And yesterday at practice, we even had like people are competing. Dudes are dudes are starting to get hot, get frustrated, and that's there's there's good parts of that, you know. You need that kind of energy um, because the people that are either upset with where they are or what what's going on, those are the dudes that that are going to work the hardest, and that makes people hungry. Hungry is always good. You know, there's never a time where, where being hungry as an athlete is a bad thing. We need dudes that are, that are hungry for reps, hungry for, to make plays, uh, all of it. You know, so that's extremely important. I think that's been, a, that's been a huge emphasis this week is just trying to really find we need dudes to just step up and make the plays. You know, I think that's really been our defense has been hitting hard on that. Offensively, though, it's, it's the same thing. You know, we got, we got a lot of talent. But we gotta we gotta enforce some discipline. You know, we put the ball on the ground a couple times last week. That's a big no no for us. You know, like you gotta we gotta protect that better. Um, and that's all the way down the line. You know, that's, that's you can't you can't pinpoint any one guy. Uh, but we gotta be better at that. And the defense, I think they're they're making a huge emphasis on trying to to really step up and put their foot down. I think they they were upset with how the ball was ran on them last week, which I mean makes sense as well. So so those are I think the big points of emphasis for us this week. But yeah, practices we're 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 getting after it right now, no doubt about it. Kind of a similar question to my last one, Wyatt. Except I'm going to ask about your own team. I can remember. Dwayne Grantham always talking about how Ronnie Brown would push him to do better in practice. Is there anybody, or who is the guy, I guess, for you that, you know, always is pushing you in practice on the defensive side? Oh, man, there's, there, I could sit here and give you a whole list, you know, because, like, as a lineman, like, like Dwayne and Ronnie, it's like when, when it comes, comes past time like you'll probably get a linebacker over the running back so it's typically Dwayne you know so this so they get to, to have real head-to-head 
uh, encounters. But as a lineman, you know, I'm blocking different people kind of every play because the defense is going to shift to what they want. They're going to try to pick matchups on us and everything in between. But I will say uh, I think Jack Baxter is, is always a huge challenge for us in practice, and he's very good about, you know, like that dude doesn't take reps off, you know, and that's, that's extremely important in practice is you get dudes. A lot of times when dudes either get a starting spot or, or start to play good, you know, they'll start to relax on you a little bit. That is not Jack Baxter. That's not in his vocabulary. So that dude definitely pushes us super hard. Nathan Muley is always a, is always a challenge and is pushing us hard. Matt Bednarski is a freaking grinder. That dude is always pushing us hard. Um, I mean, Weezy, even that linebacker, you know, when we get our chance, when he comes down, like he, he's going to keep us on our toes, especially me, you know. So uh, there, there, I could sit here all day and name different situations. But, yeah, I think if I had to – I'd say the top three were probably – uh, Baxter, Bednarski, and Muley of just, they're, they're constantly, we're pushing each other, you know, and it makes everybody better. Like, they're trying out new moves, I'm showing them how I'm going to stop them, and everything in between. So, uh, but yeah, those are definitely the guys that keep, keep keep this thing pushing, everybody getting better. Wyatt, I want to go back to last week just for a quick second, and we finally got to see Seth Morgan really hit his stride at a fantastic game, over 400 passing yards, and then Cam Dorner, also an explosive day, 10 catches over 200 yards. Just talk a little bit about them. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's always exciting to see dudes get their flowers. And uh, I, I, I've i been saying the whole time, you know, I know a lot of uh, – there's been some, I guess, some fans or, or whatever that were not satisfied with uh, with Seth's play the first week. Um I think I think that dude is is doing the best he can. I think he's working hard, and I mean, look, we saw it. He can be successful. Cam Dorner can be having him back. It, it's like we're good, you know. I mean, we have we have the weapons. They're there, and it was so cool to see them get their uh, flowers and their recognition and, and ball out. The execution was done, you know. I mean, Cam Dorner ten receptions for two hundred yards. That's I mean, that is crazy numbers. Like there's no there's no way around it. That is that is crazy numbers for a wide receiver to to put up 200 yards. So uh, and I mean what a wild way to do it too. A couple highlight catches, um, some big plays. So I mean yeah, those dudes those dudes can play ball. And there's nothing that it, it is so comforting as an offensive lineman when especially like our offensive line when when the whole speculation is oh Tyson Bajan's gone the passing game is gone. It's not gone. This dude can sling the rock. He can sling the rock well. Cam Dorner can catch it. Cordell Batten can catch it. We got dudes that can play ball, you know, and having Malachi be a dual threat. He can run it or he can go with those swing passes, those screens. I mean, we can see him. He he can get loose. We already knew that, you know. So uh, it, it's so comforting, and it, and it is, it's awesome to watch as a teammate to see these dudes ball out and shine and, and, and get the recognition they deserve because, I mean, Cam Dorner is a dangerous receiver. Seth Morgan is a dangerous quarterback. Malachi Brown is a dangerous running back. All our, I have so much faith in our entire, like, receiving core and tight ends. Like, all those dudes are ballers. They can play. So when we get this thing and everybody's finally in sync, because I still don't believe that we've clicked the way we should yet, but when we, when we all get it going and it clicks, I don't think that there's going to be a team in Division Two that can stop us. Why, when you guys are preparing for an opponent, is there ever a time where you guys get with the D-line and, and try to replicate some of the things that the O-line will try to do to them, and do they try to do the same to you when you're, I guess, preparing for a team like Cal? 
and different looks that they might give on the defensive side? Oh, absolutely. That's almost uh, that's almost a, entirely what um, what our practices are uh, in the middle of the week is having them replicate looks that we're going to see and vice versa. Um, and, and obviously that's extremely important because especially like a week like this week, Cal runs, a, like I said, they stem a lot. They move a lot. They're trying to throw us off. They're, they're giving us a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, so it's extremely important for us to get comfortable seeing it. You know what I mean? As a lineman, when you get, when you get those dudes that shift and move, you gotta, one, it's, you gotta make sure that you're locked in on Seth's cadence. So if they say something, they don't draw us all sides without actually uh, replicating the snap count because then that's still on us. You know, so it's stuff like that we got to get comfortable with. Um, everything in between, though, you know, it, they're going to give us different fronts than our defense would, so we got to see those fronts because that's what we're going to block on Saturday. We're not going to be playing against our guys on Saturday. It's going to be their guys. So uh, sides of it, we definitely do both of those things. I think that that's extremely important is doing the best we can to not just throw a bunch of – like freshmen and dudes out there to to run scout and have us bully them, but uh, to have athletic dudes that go out there play their freaking butts off uh, on scout team and and give us the best look possible, which I think we have. We have. I mean, even yesterday at practice on scout, that was when things started to heat up when our scout team offense was going against our starting defense, and it's like. When if our scout team offense makes any sort of a play, we're going crazy. We're 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 they're celebrating. They're having fun, which they should, because that fuels and it shows the defense. Well, hey, like look, if this happens on Saturday, this is what's going to happen. Those dudes are going to celebrate. They're going to be, you know, what I mean. So if you don't want that to happen, then you gotta you gotta put the foot down. And it's not just our defense. You know, it goes both ways. When when the scout D makes a crazy stop. They go crazy celebrating on us, yelling at me, yelling at all the like Seth, all the offensive leaders trying to draw us off, and that's good. That's important because that's like that's how it is when the bullets are flying. So yeah, but I, I that is I mean that's a key to success right there is, is trying to replicate not just the looks but the energy on scout. All right, Wyatt, we're getting short on time, but before we let you go, uh, for those that might not know, you're a New York Giants fan. I wanted to get your thoughts about what <laughs> happened to your New York Giants oh. on Sunday night, man. Yeah, you know, I was actually really hoping that I wasn't going to get this question, but it's okay. I've mentally prepared for it. Uh, I have full, I have full confidence in Brian Dable. I had full confidence in Daniel Jones. It's kind of shaken. Um, but I, I will say what I what I am absolutely disgusted with is the stat line for the offensive line from that game. Uh, I had it up. Uh, me and James Bell were looking at it the other day in the training room. I mean, it was like left tackle, our, our first-round pick left tackle from like a year or two ago uh, from Georgia. He was like two pressures in a, in a sack, I think. And then it was like our left guard was like three pressures. And then our center was three pressures, and then this is where it gets ugly. Our right guard was like nine pressures and three sacks, which is like that's a season's worth amount of pressures and sacks for me. Like, and I get that I'm not saying that I could do better. I'm just saying that that's like what a like a decent above average guard should not be giving up even close to that. Like in a season, that's like acceptable numbers. So the fact that they were doing that in the game is crazy. Uh, and then the the right tackle was in the same boat. He had like eight pressures and a sack. So, I mean, that is just as an offensive lineman that makes me want to 
throw up all over the place. Um, it was it was hard to watch, you know. And you can't without a, everything starts up front. And anybody that ever wants to say offensive line isn't important, go and watch rewatch that game and tell me that because, oh my goodness, if I was Daniel Jones, I would have been shaking in my boots trying to catch those snaps. I mean, that was terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, but that said. I don't think that it's over. I don't think that we're dead in the water. The good news about it is it's not like next week we have to start down over. It's done. Put it, put it in a bed and send it away. Forget about it because we got another week this week. Uh, that's just, I mean, if I'm, the, if I'm Brian Dable, that's what I'm telling him. You know, obviously you got to correct the mistakes. You look at the film, you find out exactly what went wrong and, and correct those mistakes. But it's, you gotta, you got to have a short-term memory. You, you can't let Dallas beat you twice. Uh, but man, yeah, that was that was rough to watch. Oh my goodness, was that rough to watch? Well, at least you got the Cardinals this week. <laughs> yeah, seriously, should be a nice tune-up game. If we lose this week, I might need to consider buying a Ravens jersey or something. <laughs> Get a Joey Fisher Steelers jersey. I honestly, that would probably be my next purchase. I mean, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I, at this point, I'm bare down, baby. Go Tyson. Yeah. Because, I mean, field looks all right, but I want to see 17 spin the rock. And that was the other thing I said is I was like, dude, like some of the plays, like with the protection was there, Daniel Jones was making bad choices. Sign my man TB. So, like, he, he, I think he could be the guy. I think that he could be – dude, I, I honestly believe after watching him preseason, like I just think that he's more composed than some of these dudes that are starting in the NFL right now. So, uh, and now obviously that's my good man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say whatever I have to 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 gas him up. But yeah, I it's rough. It's rough. So they better turn it around against Arizona this week, or there's gonna be a, some some questions and decisions to make. All right, Wyatt, we gotta let you go. We're short on time. Gotta get to our break. Appreciate it, and talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. That was Wyatt Pelicano's. This segment brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break. Our final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome you back to the final segment of today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick Verzelini, Colin McLaughlin here on the show on this Wednesday. Colin, not much left in the show, but last night John Means returned, former Mountaineer to the Orioles rotation and he did all right but gave up probably too many home runs yeah only gave up three runs but first uh don't want to miss it this time around this segment brought to you by the Marius group of Ameriprise financial advisors John Everson and Phil McCoy call them at 304-263-4343 or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg it was nice to see him back I agree but yeah top of the first you give up a home run so your team already behind, then you're pitching from behind, and the offense could never rally behind him last night. I mean, still only giving up three runs, not bad for yeah. his first start in the majors in, what, a year and a half, almost two years. So still 
not a disappointing game, but definitely not too positive, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's the first game back in the MLB, like you said, in a long time. So I think the key will be, can they ramp him up for the postseason? And then can he play some sort of role, probably as a reliever? And if he can be a good reliever that can give you you know, two or three innings in a pinch or whatever you need, um, I think that would be really helpful for this team. And then next year, uh, obviously, you expect him to join the rotation full time. So, you know, ramp him up. Maybe even he ends up being a rotational guy in the playoffs, but I kind of doubt it since it's such a quick turnaround and that'd be a lot to put on a guy that's coming off of injury, but you never know. Yeah, you only pitched five innings. You're late into the season. I'd be surprised if he's not a bullpen guy, like you said. I'd be very surprised if he is somebody you have that enough you arms. have in the starting rotation. Yeah, you have enough arms. I, I don't know if you trust all of them still. That, I feel that's like from the starting perspective, the, you're, you're all right still. That's still the difference for this team is can the pitching be able to contend in the playoffs because you're facing all these great other pitchers. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Can you keep it low scoring? Yeah. That's the question. Because if you're giving up five runs... I don't know how I feel. Yes, I like the O's offense, but still, it's the playoffs. Five runs is a lot to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to overreact to just one game. This team just went on an eight-game winning streak not that long ago, so I think they'll be fine. That's true, as this wraps up our edition of today's show. Later on today, we'll talk with Coach Faircloth of the Hedgesville Eagles. We'll have that for you tomorrow nothing on tv 10 tonight on the radio side of things we do have the touchdown city show is that a west virginia mountaineer football podcast but for nick verzellini i'm colin mclaughlin signing off this has been the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10